Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete, your number one Brooklyn Nets news, opinions, and so much more podcast. I'm Spen. He's Pete. The title of this episode is Wake Me Up When September Ends because we are both ready for this Brooklyn Nets season to finally begin. Pete? Let's go. You, bro, you said it, man. It's been a long off season. We had FIBA to kind of pass us by. We had a lot of Ben Simmons Instagrams, but uh, I think we're ready. I think everybody's ready. We got a little Liberty basketball going on, but it's not the same. I need the Nets. I need the black and white. I think the since football started, uh, the NBA and basketball has taken a back seat. I, I think it's just natural for that to happen. Everyone's been watching the Giants and the Jets go one-on-one. Um, everyone's watching the NFL right now. And the NBA, who, who has one of the more dramatic – off seasons uh, out of any sport has has really been secondary these last few weeks. Um, before we get started with this episode, I do want everyone listening, if you haven't checked out our, our, our episode from two weeks ago with Tim Capistraw, episode 164, it's streaming on YouTube, it's available on Apple, Spotify, any, any place you get your podcasts from. Me and Pete had an excellent, excellent time having the capper on the show. And uh, definitely, definitely worth a listen if you need more Nets content before the start of the season. All right. Can I just say how cool he was? Like, it felt like I was talking to my uncle. Yeah, definitely, definitely a great guy. One of the best interviews I think we've done on this show. Uh, Just such an amazing basketball mind. Uh, From that perspective, it was great. And then just a really easy person to talk to. You can see why thousands millions whatever the number is of people who listen to him and and chris carino on the radio uh they love they love those guys they do a great job calling nets games so, so definitely check that interview out listen to the capper call some nets games this year on the radio pete are we ready to get into it we have a few things to discuss tonight let's go i'm ready all right so the first story i got ben simmons recently interviewed by tina servacio of fox and I, I have a little bit of audio from this interview. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. Quick story about Tina Servacio. When I was working with Game Day Tailgate Experience, we had Tina Servacio uh, join the show. I'm sorry, join uh, a few events as our celebrity guest host. She was great. Really, really enjoyed working with her, talking to her. Um, so I'm about to play this audio. And everyone, I want you to listen to what Ben Simmons said. Earlier, uh, well, this came out on Monday, but I think this might have been from Sunday. Um, and I never have an excuse. I never try to say anything about, you know, different things going on. But, you know, I was dealing with an injury at the time, so I did what I could in the moment. Um, and I owe it to everybody, the fans and everybody, to get back to where I need to be. Um, that's what I did this summer, uh, to get back. So... I don't know if it was you or Jacques Vaughn. You, you're going to be playing back at the. You're going back to the point guard position this year. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm a point guard. Yeah. You know, as much as people would try to put me in, everyone's a GM in their head. <laughs> I'm a point guard, so uh, I think you know with the team we have, I think it's constructed well uh, for us to have a good run. What excites you about being able to create for guys like Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, yeah. and just being able to play within them? I think just playing with guys who are just 
easy to play with. Um, that just have one goal, and that's to win. I don't think guys have too many, you know, individual goals. Um, I think the team's going to come first, and I think, you know, the culture that uh, Jack Vaughn and, and Sean Marks are building now has been incredible. Do you have a message to Brooklyn Nets fans? I know camp's still a little over two weeks away, and then, you know, after that it's preseason. What is your message to the fans? Get ready for a great year. I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun um, and get back to, you know, Brooklyn basketball. And one other thing I want to add, though, about that first part of what he said was referring to this past season. How he, you know, Tina asked about his his time in Brooklyn. What's went wrong? And and he talked about um, not making excuses in terms of playing hurt, in terms of not producing the way that we are used to Ben Simmons producing. So Pete, a lot to break down there. Uh, let's first start with the point guard quote. Was there any doubt in your head that Ben Simmons was not going to be the point guard on this Nets team? Uh, no, I, I don't think it made sense to him, uh, sense for him to play a big man role next to Clax. And I think you kind of need to play them together, the mat to get the max, I don't know, max efficiency out of the defense. Having those two guys together really, really kind of sets the team apart. Uh, I don't know, man. Him playing anything else but point guard, we saw it really didn't work. It was a nice idea. We tried it. It does, just doesn't work. They tried it in Philly. They tried it in Brooklyn. It doesn't work. Put the guy at point guard. That's his role. What do you think? 100% agree. Um, the only, like, you don't start him unless he's a point guard. If you bring him off the bench, he's your point guard with a second unit, but you're paying him too much fucking money to bring him off the bench. So he has to start. He has to be your point guard. This is why you traded away James Harden. This was your ultimate return, a healthy Ben Simmons. Um, he would go on to say that the way the team is constructed, he said the team is constructed well to make a good run. Do you buy that? Do you think that that the confidence that Simmons is showing there and the way this team is constructed, do you think that he truly believes that? I believe that he believes that. I don't know if anybody else believes that, but I definitely believe that he believes that. Because, listen, he's put in the work the last couple months, kind of behind closed doors. Yes, I, you know, I always make the jokes, always been on Instagram. He's been posting up pictures, videos. Yeah, you know, like that's that's a meme. It's fun. But in reality, this guy has been busting his ass. It's been two years since the surgery. If this a real crossroads in his career, like if he does not come back from this, he maybe won't be out of the NBA in two years. But we definitely won't be looking at him as a starter. Definitely won't be looking at him as he came into the league as the first overall pick, an all star. He's kind of going to be resigned to a much smaller role. And uh, like I said, this is this is a huge moment for him. And if this team is going to have any success, it's probably going to be because of him playing at his max level. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I look at this team and I just think, you know, let's take away Ben Simmons, right? Let's take him out of the equation. Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, whoever you want to start, you know, as that fifth starter. Um, Obviously, in my opinion, it it is Simmons and he's going to be that fifth starter. But that team without Simmons, Seventh seed, eighth seed, maybe if they're lucky. You add Ben Simmons, and what you get is at his peak, one of the best playmakers in the league, right? When he was with Philadelphia, you know, around nine, ten assists per game, high rebounding numbers. I, I believe he he averaged around you know ten points per game. I, I don't know that off the top yeah. of my head. More, right? He was. I think he was. Yeah. yeah. So, so my 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 point is this: I can't think of a championship team that didn't have a a, a solidified one 
Like, obviously, Bridges is is the one guy on this team, but I don't look at Bridges and think Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors a few years ago. I don't look at Bridges and think Giannis Antetokounmpo dominance with the Bucks from a few years ago. I look at Bridges and think he's a really good player, probably an amazing number two. I think he could play that Chris Middleton role very well, um, but I, I look at this team and 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 you add Ben Simmons and and there's a lot to be excited about. And what he said was, you know, he thinks that this team can can go on a good run. Uh, he didn't say they could win a championship. He said a good run. So I think th- I look at this team and I think like the Clippers from a few years ago when they were a tough out in the playoffs. They had I'm talking before Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah. Right when it was those like pesky Pat Bev teams, it was sort of that mm-hmm. in between period after the CP3 Blake teams. Actually, you can kind of compare them to those teams, but it depends on if you think if Chris Paul, who was who was the guy on those Clippers teams, is better than the number one guy on the Nets. It's interesting, but but my point is this: a healthy, amazing Ben Simmons at point guard is going to do nothing except lift everybody up. He's going to make Mikhail better. He's going to make Cam better. He's going to make Clax better. Uh, and he's going to open it up for Dinwiddie a little bit. So um, I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I like this confidence exuding from him. Obviously, we're all ready to see it on the floor. Um, but more and more, I'm convincing myself that we are going to get a version of Ben Simmons close to how he played at in his prime in Philadelphia. Really? I got two things for you. One, with the health. A couple of weeks ago, you said he wasn't going to start on opening day. It wasn't going to be available. So I'm interested to see why you changed your mind on that. And two, I think you make a very great point with him starting, right? We have Spencer Dinwiddie probably playing the two in a starting lineup that Ben Simmons starts, right? Spencer Dinwiddie played kind of like the two-man, three-man in Dallas. 40% catch and shoot from three guy. Great shooting from the corners. It really opens up his game. I think it kind of opens up the entire team, really, if Ben is creating those, uh, those three looks. It's really, really important that we get Mikel a little bit of room because let's face it, last year he was getting double teamed, even triple teamed at times. So, well, what do you think about those two things? I know I'm kind of scared away a little bit. The first thing, why did I change my mind? Because I'm human, and also because I saw reports that he was going to be healthy. So, who am Smart. I to to go against reports? Yeah, I look. I I, I went to Vegas. You know, we'll, we'll go over some. Uh, some Vegas stuff at towards the end of the episode, but sometimes you just got to take an educated guess. Uh, and, and if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet that he's, he's starting opening night with the Brooklyn Nets based on everything that I've heard. The second question um, was not really a question. It was more you talking about how he's going to open it up for, for everybody in terms of getting guys more three point looks. Right. And I think that while I agree with you in theory, that all stems from how aggressive he will be going to the basket. A, a thing you saw last year, which which drove me nuts, and obviously he wasn't at full health. He was going through the rehab. He was dealing with injury. He was dealing with, um, you know, some things mentally. The roster was changing up on him. Teams would sag so far off him, and he wouldn't go to the basket. So essentially, they'd play off him. He'd, he'd either do a handoff to Kyrie or a handoff to KD, and nothing would happen. And that's not the Ben Simmons that we want to see. We don't want to see a Ben Simmons who dribbles the ball around the perimeter and hands it off to guys, right? That's that's pointless. We want to see a, an attacking Ben Simmons, an aggressive Ben Simmons. That Ben Simmons is going to get 
Wide open shots for Cam Johnson in the corner. Wide open shots for McHale on the wing. Get Dinwiddie going. Get guys like Royce and Dorian Finney-Smith involved. That is what we need to see. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you, uh, the potential of what he can do, but I need to see him attack the basket, and I need to see him want to score, right? You you can't average 10 assists a game and zero points. That's just not going to work. He's got to get me... 10 to 14 a game if possible. I'll take 8 to 10, but anything below, you know, 10 points a game is going to be very tough um, for him to open up the the floor to his teammates. Yeah, just on on kind of one final note with this, I thought it was very interesting. I saw this stat. Mikel Bridges came in seventh in the NBA for his time in Brooklyn for having the worst playmaking talent around him. Would Ben Simmons help that out? Probably a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You look at the Nets team the second half of the year, like Dinwiddie became that playmaker, right? He was the guy who was getting 9 to 11 assists a game, having double-doubles, getting guys involved. Um, so, the, the like, can Ben Simmons be that much better than Dinwiddie was as the playmaker for this team. I don't know. And then can he also activate Spencer Dinwiddie and unlock him to be that guy he was in Dallas, who was the second or third headed monster when it was Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie. I think so. We'll see. We'll see. We know, um, you know, Bridges could, uh, could take over like in FIBA. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good segue. We, we can get into that. Let's, let's talk a little bit, you know, cause we didn't record last week. Um, I, I've been crazy busy. I had a bachelor party in Las Vegas. I had a wedding. It's just been kind of hectic. But uh, while I was gone, Team USA lost in the semifinals to Germany, and then they lost in the bronze medal game to Canada. Two extremely disappointing losses for uh, a nation that promotes ourselves as the best basketball country in the entire world. And in FIBA, we weren't. I don't care who represented us. I agree with the people who say you can't say Team USA is the best in the country because guess what? We didn't even medal. Now, granted, I don't care who we sent out there. We sent who we sent out there. But if you want to look at, you know, if you're a Nets fan, the the shining star here, Mikhail Bridges was a monster those last several games in the FIBA tournament. And it was highlighted in that moment against Canada where he got an offensive rebound, he dribbled out, he took a three to tie the game and send it into overtime. He he was absolutely sensational at moments, um, and you really saw him step up after being a little bit more passive those first few games. So, Pete, I know you got some stats to share with us. Just how impressive was Mikael Bridges for Team USA in this FIBA World Tournament? So, you look at the number that at the start, 13 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists. But that really doesn't tell us the story. The last, I think the last three games, he put up 24 points, 17 points, 19 points, shooting crazy numbers, 6 of 12, 6 of 7, 8 from 11. I think he only missed like three threes the last couple games while putting up, uh, let me see, I'll tell you exactly. Three of six from three, three of three from three, and four of six from three. Just crazy efficient. And, man, when you see a guy like that putting up the numbers, and then he puts up a moment. Like, keep in mind, he missed a free throw. He was at the free throw line, had to miss the free throw, got his own offensive rebound, ran to the corner, and just put that up and acted like it was nothing after he hit it. Like, that's that's my guy. 
that's the guy that I want leading my team. Like, this is what's up. You know, I, th- I think what we missed in that second half of the season with Mikhail last year, we missed a clutch moment, right? He was great, great at times for the Brooklyn Nets. But the one moment that I kind of recall in my head was that first game against the Sixers where he had that layup that I think would have put them up by one or tied the game, and he missed it. It was a bunny, right? And he missed the layup. And after that, I don't remember him being in a lot of clutch situations where it was – you know, do or die, Mikhail Bridges' final shot. I loved seeing that shot he hit against Canada. You got to have stones to get that. Look, it's instinct at that point, right? You can't plan on what you're doing. But the fact that in that moment he hit that shot, it was a step back three with time expiring. Um, you just absolutely love to see it. And look, Team USA struggled. It's no secret that. There were a lot of moments against Lithuania, against Germany, against Canada. They, they did not have the best tournament. But you give credit to the guys who stepped up. You know, Austin Reeves had some really great moments with Team USA. Anthony uh, Edwards looked sensational in the beginning of that tournament, and, and, and he was probably pound for pound the best player in the, on that Team USA. But you got to give Mikhail Bridges props. He was probably that second or third guy who, who showed up when they needed him most, I thought he outplayed, you know, New York, Nick, Jalen Brunson uh, down the stretch. I thought Mikhail was more, more important than him for team USA. Um, obviously not the same result with Cam Johnson. He saw his minutes pretty much diminish down the stretch. It is what it is. Um, uh, you know, I think it was nice that he was on this team, but I think there are probably people who could have argued that he shouldn't have been on the team. Having said that, uh, I loved what I saw from Mikhail down the stretch for Team USA, and it's definitely something, you know, for, for me, Pete, this was a best-case scenario, right? Because we talked about the possibility of of him getting hurt, and, and you know, I know you were worried about that. But to Very see him so. step up and 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 just play out of his mind those, those final three games, as a Nets fan, you got to love it. You have to love that production in those moments, even in the losses, um, at, you know, him being our guy – for the foreseeable future. Well, I think we both have missed kind of one of the biggest points about this. He was playing the the other team's best man on defense. Yes. And he was getting steals. He was playing great defense. You know what I mean? There was that one clip. I think Dylan Brooks made him fall down or whatever. He was going to cover. He was, who was Austin Riggs was covering him or something like that. And he had a cover over to help his teammate and he wanted to fall down. And that was the, that was the super mean clip. But you know what? This guy played great defense the entire I don't know, FIBA, like FIBA tournament, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But uh, very impressive to be putting up these numbers while playing that defensive role. Because it's not easy. It's definitely not easy busting around on both sides of the court and playing 40 minutes a game. It's really not. It's not. It's not. And, and um, you know, I look at how good this Nets team can be transitioning back to the Nets moving forward. With Mikael Bridges, a healthy Ben Simmons, and Nick Claxton, those are three, I would say, of the top 25 defenders in the league. Possible. I don't have a list in front of me, but I, I believe <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, I, and, and you have Dennis Smith Jr. coming off the bench, who's an absolutely incredible on-ball defender. They're, they're going to be very, very tough defensively, I think. I think it's going to be hard for teams to score on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I did want to move on to some some interesting, some really cool news 
if you're a Nets fan, you obviously love Ian Eagle, right? One of the best play-by-play guys to, to, to ever do his job. We are so fortunate to have him call games for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and it came out that his son, Noah Eagle, who recently worked you know, with the LA Clippers broadcast department, uh, Noah Eagle, who's 25 years old, he's the son of Ian Eagle, he'll be joining the Yes broadcast starting December 2nd when the Nets face the Magic at Barclays Center. Uh, shout out to Nets Daily for the article. Um, reading reading here, Ian Eagle, who's been calling Nets games for 30 years, five years before Noah was born, will continue calling Nets games, as will Ryan Rucco. But the two mainstays of Yes coverage are increasingly popular across the broadcast and cable spectrum with gigs covering the NBA, WNBA, NCAA men's and women's basketball, as well as the NFL between them. Um, this is just a really cool story, right? Like, who wouldn't want to call a game with their son? And what son wouldn't want to call a game with their father? I, I, what do you think of this news, Pete? You think there's a little nepotism going on? Maybe, maybe. But uh, listen, it's not even that. Like, the guy is good. No Eagle is very, I don't know if you ever heard any of his games or if Nets fans have ever heard any of his games. He did, I believe he did the radio broadcast with the Clippers straight out of college. Like, this guy's a natural, kind of reminds me of the NBA player that has a kid, and the kid kind of grew up in the locker room, so he's kind of been around the game his whole life. He knows how to act. He knows, you know, what, what not to do. And, uh, man, it's going to be exciting. I think he's, he's a great talent. He's young. And how could you not like that? I think it's just, just for the meme of it. I think it's hilarious. And I think they're both inspirations to everybody who wears glasses, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're two, including you, they're two guys. They wear glasses, and, and they rock them well. Very handsome gentleman. Oh. Hashtag glasses gang. All right. <laughs> this next segment I call Dame Watch. You ever – it was totally random. You ever see Anchorman? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's they they do they do Panda Watch. That's what I'm thinking with, with Dame Watch. So Dame Watch talks between the Heat and the Trailblazers are starting to pick back up. The report I have from NBA Central per Brian Windhorst: the Blazers want the Heat to literally scrounge into every nook and cranny and produce everything they possibly can. The Heat don't feel a need to do that. So it sounds like they're probably just disagreeing on one or two players. Now, there still is going to be a third team probably involved. And Mark Spears has it that a mystery Eastern Conference team has emerged in trade talks centered around Damian Lillard. That mystery team is being speculated to possibly be the Charlotte Hornets, the New York Knicks potentially, and also, I saw somewhere the Toronto Raptors. Pete, what are your thoughts on these, I, I guess, cryptic updates in the Damian Lillard trade watch? It's all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. We know the players. We know the guys involved. And this is what it is. It's one team saying, listen, we know that we got to trade this guy, but we want to get the best offer available. And the Heat, the other team, saying, listen, he <laughs> This is the only game in town here. If you don't go with us, but like, what, what, what are you going to do? You need us. No one else is going to take this guy. He wants to come here. Like, it's it's a fact. Like, you, there's nothing that you can do. It kind of reminds me of what Sean Marks and the Nets and KD had, that we weren't going to trade him unless we got the exact offer, which the Nets, I guess, eventually did get. 
from the Suns. But listen, I don't know about those teams listed. What I see super clear with all the clarity in the world, how could James Harden not be involved in a deal with this? How could he not? He wants to get out of Philly. You could trade him maybe to, to Portland. From Portland, he goes somewhere else to maybe the Clippers for draft capital and young players. And you get Dame in Philly to play with Embiid. I don't know how it's not super clear to everybody. It's driving me insane, really. What do you think? Am I crazy? I think you're a little crazy. I don't. I really? don't know if, Phil, if Philadelphia is even in the market for Dame Lillard. Why not? It's not in the market. Is that they're kind of fucked right now with, with James Harden. I really think they they would like to get rid of him if he's not going to come into training camp happy. But do they even have the assets to like? Why would can Portland move James Harden for good assets? Like like what what, what we're what we're that yeah that's what we're stumped on right. Look, yeah. I get what you're saying in, in terms of the return that that Portland wants. Eventually, there's going to be a deal done. Damian Lillard will be on the Miami Heat. It's it's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion. It's a matter of where does Tyler Hero go? Because the Blazers, as reported, do not want Tyler Hero. So out of those several teams I mentioned, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Raptors, where would Tyler Hero make the most sense? I've been seeing Charlotte would be cool, right? If you can pair Hero and LaMelo Ball, and you have Miles Bridges still on that team, who's a pretty darn good player. Um, you have some pieces in Charlotte. That could be an interesting dynamic. If you're Toronto, I guess you probably have to give up some serious draft capital to, to get here. I don't love Hero in Toronto. That doesn't make as much no. sense to me. I don't think anyone's scared of a, a, a Tyler Hero, uh, Pascal Siakam Raptors team. And then the last team, the Knicks, do we really think that that the Knicks are, are in the market for a Tyler Hero. You still have R.J. Barrett. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So Charlotte, from a basketball standpoint, that'd be pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. As long as the Nets aren't in this, this this literally doesn't mean shit to me. They won't. I, I, I don't want, you know, at this point, unless the Nets are going to move Dinwiddie and acquire Hero, I, I'm kind of cool staying put if you're Brooklyn. Stay out of this. I don't think we're that mystery team. I don't think Marks um, – if Marks is going to do anything major, it's going to be after the season starts. But I think up to this point, every indication is that the Nets are going to be pretty silent in terms of, of any big deals involving one Damian Lillard. No, the Nets are not going to add any any type of cap hit, any type of money. It's I think the standard of this season is we have to be under this tax line. And that and that's what it's going to be. I'd be shocked, but uh, you know, crazy things have happened, right? Right. You're absolutely right. All right. We well, mentioned the Knicks. I got a shout out to my guy Alex B of the Bad Weather fans. He sent me one of their tweets, and uh, he took a poll. And the poll is better season: Knicks or Nets? Now, I want us to try to answer this as unbiased as possibly, right? So, right now, the poll is seventy three percent Knicks. 27% nets. And he said he wrote comment why. So all I wrote was Mikhail, Ben, and Clax proved to be a ridiculous defensive trio together and stifle opposing offenses. Now I don't think that's enough for me to say that the Nets are going to be better than the Knicks this season. But honest opinion, do you think that there's a remote possibility that Brooklyn could be a better team than the Knicks this year? All right. I got two answers for this. Is it a possibility? Yes, of course it's possible. 
Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. I, I, I really don't. Unfortunately, I wish. I voted on the same thing. I did not leave my answer, even though I do like Alex, even though I gave him a thumbs down a couple minutes ago. But um, listen, I can't I can't vote for the Knicks for this. I, I had to vote for the Nets and hope for the best. Possibility, can it happen? Sure. Like you said, everything has to go right. I don't think it happens, though. So I agree with you. I think that the Knicks have a better season than the Nets as it stands right now. I don't think they're that far off from each other, though. And I say that because I don't think the Knicks are going to be better than they were last year. I really don't see it. I think teams are going to slow down Jalen Brunson a little bit. I think Julius Randle is still your proverbial playoff pumpkin, and he absolutely stinks. We're so high on R.J. Barrett, but we haven't seen him really do it on a contending team consistently. He has moments where he's great. He has moments where he stinks. Um, and Thibodeau has a reputation of running his guys into the fucking ground, not making the most basketball-savvy decisions. I, I think as a coach, I think he gets in his way a lot. Um, so I don't think the Knicks are going to be as good as they were last season, having said that. I do still think they're better than the Nets as of right now. So I think we agree there. Yeah. All right. This next segment, I really like this one, Pete. So as I was in Vegas gambling on, on uh, what did I play? I played blackjack. I bet on football games. The whole, the whole sports book on the first NFL Sunday, I was at the sports book in the Virgin Hotel from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., I, I own that motherfucker. I, I mean, you know, oh. it was it was incredible. Like I, 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 what's up? Let's make some money. Let's go. I ran that shit. So wanted to do a little bit of a uh, little bit of some some gambling with the Brooklyn Nets. So I call this segment Spenny Locks and PD Picks. So I got three different Nets gambling scenarios. You and I are going to give our thoughts, and to all the listeners out there, if you want to make some cash. Listen to what me and Pete have to say. Nobody is more in tune with this Brooklyn Nets basketball squad than me and Pete. So, Petey Picks, are you ready? Let's go. I'm ready. All right. So, the first first number is 37 and a half wins for the Brooklyn Nets. Are you going over or are you going under? I'm going under. I have to go under. And I'll tell you You why. Injuries, man. It's I, I just don't think Claxton is going to be healthy for the whole year. I don't think uh, the point guard play is going to be as consistent as maybe people think it's going to be with Ben Simmons coming back. I could see him being out for a couple weeks, but Claxton has to be the focus of, of this all. Really bridges also. Them two guys have to be healthy for the entire year for the Nets to have a chance to go over in my mind. If they're healthy for the entire year, do they make the playoffs? I think so. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I'm scared with Bridges playing in FIBA with the numbers that he put up minutes-wise than playing all these games the last couple of years, not missing a game. Listen, man, it's a, it's a big toll on somebody's body, all these minutes, all that running. Now he's going to be the number one guy. I hope he, you know, I hope he keeps it up. Not sure. That makes sense. So, so PD Picks is going under 37 and a half wins. So I'm looking at this. I see the Nets went 45 and 37 last season, right? And you got to think a large chunk of those wins were when we had KD and Kyrie on the team. Um, and we had that ridiculous, what was that, November, December, where we went like 17 and two or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, don't, don't quote me on that. But 
obviously that was a much different team. So that was 45 wins, and we're looking at 37 and a half. I'm probably going to have to agree with you and go under. I, I want to say over. The, the Nets fan in me wants to say over, but you can't tell me that this team is going to be as good or close to the team last year when they had KD and Kyrie. That team was on pace to win 45, 50 games, not this team. Give me the under from a gambling standpoint. I'm, I'm sorry. I know if you're a Nets fan, this isn't what you want to hear, but I'm being realistic with you. All right, Pete, next one, kind of a follow-up. You, you kind of already gave me your answer. Nets to make playoffs. Yes is plus 145. No is minus 180. You and I agree with Vegas that they're going to miss the playoffs, correct? Correct. But when I put when I put a bet though for them to make the playoffs at plus 145, <laughs> listen, I'm thinking about it. The net fan in me kind of wants to make, listen, man, mm, I can make a little bit of money here. What if he's healthy? What if they're healthy? What if Ben Simmons does this? What if that happens? But uh, I don't know. Well, would you put in the bet, even though I know we both said no, but would you put a bet in, a modest bet, for plus 145 of them making the playoffs? Or would it be a total like toss of money? I would. I, I would put that bet in, and I say this. If they're a ninth or 10th seed, and they're able to get a play-in game against a team like the Hawks, or or a team like the Raptors, I think the Nets can beat those teams. I think the Nets can beat those seven to eight teams. So, yes, I like the money at plus 145. You make a little change. Um, I would 100% say yes because I think they can win a play-in game. And also, you're not making any money by saying no. That's a good point. All right, this final bet, it's an interesting one. Nick Claxton, rebounds per game, nine and a half is the number. Man, what, do you know what he did last year? I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look, look that up right My thing now. with Claxton, I don't feel like he is a rebounding machine, no? That's my issue. That's not necessarily his thing. But, um, but okay, I got, I got basketball Go reference ahead. up right now. So he averaged 12.6 points per game last year. He only averaged about what's uh oh here we go 9.2 rebounds per game last season. That was a career high, right? The year before that, it was 5.6 rebounds per game. So all he's got to do is average 0.4 more rebounds per game this season than he did last season. Give me the over. I just talked myself into it. This is one of the hardest working players on the Brooklyn Nets. He wants to be a, a, a top-notch center. Top-notch centers rebound the motherfucking basketball. Give me over nine and a half rebounds per game for Nick Claxton. I like that bet. Contract year, bro. Contract year. It's all about the money. I can, I can see that. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I can see that easily happening. We have a power forward that whoever it is on the team is not going to be rebounding that well. So you're going to have a lot more opportunities for Claxton to snag some balls in the air, right? Like, there's a very good chance he can go over that. I don't know how much over. It's very close, though. It's, that's a tough. That's a tough over-under. I need my guy Claxton to be more of a bang bro, right? My brother, when he was on the podcast, he would always talk about bang bros or bang guys. That's what he called them, bang um, guys. And those are guys yeah. that bang inside, right? Nick Claxton needs to be more of a bang guy. 
and then he'll be able to get more than nine and a half rebounds a game. But I like it. I, I, I like it. There's going to be a lot of guys on this team shooting. There's going to be opportunity for offensive rebounds. And obviously he's got to be a little bit better on the defensive glass. So give me the over. All right. I like that segment, Pete. That was a good freaking segment. I like it. Let's go. Let's make some money. All right. That just about does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete. We really appreciate everyone who tuned in. I apologize for for uh, my my cursing today. It's been a long two weeks. I've been surrounded by a lot of guys, a lot of masculinity, masculinity, um, such masculinity. It's been one of those. Uh, it's been one of those 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 periods where I'm just I'm just letting it go. So if you're offended, I apologize. And if you ride with me, then then, then fucking keep riding with me. Pete, any final words to our listeners before we close out the show? That's it. Just check out. At NetFans, you know, on Twitter, on the YouTubes, all that good stuff. Been uh, kind of slacking on content, but it's I got some good stuff cooking up in the next uh, week or so. But uh, that's it, man. Let's go. All next. right. You heard it from – let's go, Nets. You heard it from him. He's cooking. We're serving. Have a great rest of your week, and wake me up when September ends. <laughs>